Good evening, Melbourne, and welcome to the Sports Desk on your Monday evening. I'm Sam and Hannett, of course, joined by uh, Jerry and Liam Cole and Jason Evans uh, for a massive show. Lots of news to get through. Um, massive AFL review of round 23. Still one more round to go, though. Round 24, the final round of AFL. Uh, the FIFA World Cup, uh, Women's World Cup, uh, came to a grinding halt Last night, um, as we say farewell to that, we'll review through that, um, discuss some of the Premier League um, and all that and more. So we'll get straight into the news now. And uh, I think we have to start off with this as probably the most prominent news story of the day. So far, Damien Hardwick has been confirmed as the Suns coach for next year, signing a six-year deal with the Queensland club. The Suns have had been searching for a new permanent head coach since sacking Stuart Dew in, de- in July. Former assistant coach Stephen King had taken on the head coach role uh, on an interim basis for the rest of the 2023 season. Uh, he says, I liken it to waking up on Christmas Day and walking out to a set of brand new toys. Interesting way to put it. Uh, Hardwick said at the press conference uh, with the Suns. So, um well, I don't think anyone's too surprised. I think everyone knew that was pretty much coming. As soon as he resigned, they said, oh, Stuart, you in trouble. Yeah, well, I wonder... I mean, you never really know how long these talks have been going, but it does seem... Convenient. Convenient that he did end his... Oh, maybe I'll get some holidays in before I go mm. start at the Suns next year. That that kind of feels like this conversation mm. could have been coming for a long time. I don't know, but... Uh, well, that's just speculation, but... Uh, I think that's positive for the Suns. Um, he seems to be really positive about the team that they've got um, and something to really build on. Uh, so I think that would be good. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the likes of maybe a Dustin Martin or another big Richmond player in their final years could head up north. That probably wouldn't surprise me. Dusty's a big one. I reckon he'd go there next year. Depends if they can fit him in the salary cap, of course. With the Suns? Yep. Well, some of the players are not on big money, so it depends mm-hmm. on Ben King's contract, I reckon. Yeah. So, yeah, that's an interesting one. I I think everyone's pretty positive with that. Everyone thinks that's pretty good for the Gold Coast Suns. Mm. Um, And definitely, I think, yeah, you you can see you get to a point once you've done everything with that club and you get to a certain point uh, where you're like, okay, everything I've wanted to do with this club. I mean, won a couple of premierships. uh, And and I think you could see it was going to be the end of uh, Richmond's tenure. Mm. Um, Some more retirees. Phil Davis. Now, yeah. I think I accidentally said on Friday that he had already retired. Oh, jeez. So I don't know <laughs> if I've accidentally preemptively called oh. it. I, I'm not sure if that was on air or talking with friends, but I remember saying that. Well, you're weekend. the new Oracle now. What can I yeah. say? <laughs> <laughs> Taking my job. Um, yeah. Well, talk us through Phil Davis, Jerry. Yeah, well, he was a pioneer for the Greater Western Sydney Giants. Obviously, he started his career um, in Adelaide, had two seasons there. Um, 15 seasons... Um, in the AFL, 192 games total. I remember back when the Giants made a few final series, um, especially prominent in the 2016 final series. His intercept marking was incredible. And, you know, him alongside Cal Ward have shaped the Greater Western Sydney Football Club, Lim. He certainly has, and he's been playing VFL this whole season, acting like a leader to the younger players in the two. So um, great career, got the, the most out of him. Um, will have they said if he will play out the remainder games? 
and finals because he was injured, wasn't he? Yeah. No, he played VFL all season. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, so maybe unlikely. Very unlikely. Okay. You never know, though, but yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, he's got to play in one grand final. Not that that was a great time for the, the Giants. Still that day, grand final to flex about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to flex. <laughs> Jerry, some upsetting news uh, with Jack Siebel and the North Melbourne Football Club after an emotional weekend. Um, didn't end well. Yeah, I was very upset because Jack Siebel was celebrating his, you know, final game of his career. Unfortunately, the Kangas lost, but he went to a bar in South Yarra called V Osborne um, after the game with former teammates from North and um, even Dustin Martin. Showed yeah, Richmond up as players well. were yeah, there. Richmond yeah. players were there as well. So I don't know how the hostility came. It was believed that um, two or three men were um, excused away from the pub, and then yep. afterwards they assaulted Jack Siebel outside the. Bar causing him to receive um, facial surgery and spend a night in hospital. So since then, the two men have been arrested, um, it's believed. So yep. um, not good news. I'm not happy because those um, two people have not ever gotten an AFL game. Jack Siebel's played 279 more games than you. And then you go, go around doing that. So I hope... Um, they get punished for doing that because it's very disgraceful. Yeah, it is a shame. Uh, and unfortunately, AFL players are targeted when they go out. And uh, You saw with Jeremy it's, Cameron, yeah. It's it's not great and it's disgusting. And so I, I think and uh, I think a friend was saying that to me this weekend that uh, not only sh- should you be arrested and whatever the courts throw at you, I think you should be banned for life from ever attending AFL. 100%, I agree with that. So. that they should not... To, so just as a deterrent because, uh, yeah, it's disgusting and... Uh, the coward punch is not something to be uh, ever be proud of, and uh, unfortunately, I've been on the end of one of them as well. So it's not a great time. Mm. Um, yeah, so hopefully, the Jack Siebel recovers pretty well in the hospital. And uh, yep, uh, moving on to um, the Boomers. They played a game before. Uh, their World Cup, FIBA World Cup kicks off on August 25th, which is this Friday, I'm pretty sure. They played uh, one of the toughest pre-matches yet. It was against France. So after a slow start, Australia found their rhythm after halftime, outscoring France 47-35 to 35 in the second half to secure a thrilling 78-74 to 74 win. Josh Giddy led five players in double-figure scoring with 12 points, six rebounds and five assists. While Nick Kay added 12, Dante Exum, Paddy Mills and Duop Reith finished with 11 points apiece. So can't wait for Friday when we play Finland, I'm pretty sure, for our first game. Uh, that's going to be exciting. Now that one curled, one World Cup's ended, another one starts. And uh, how are we feeling about that? Now, we, we mentioned last week mm. that... Um, uh, oh, no, his name's gone. Mc, uh, Jock Landau. Yeah, Jock Landau. Yes. So he's actually gone back home to Houston. So I think Ooh, that so means he's probably not going to play uh, feature at all during the World Cup, which is pretty disappointing. But I think France, to, to, I know it's only a scratch game before the thing, but uh, to win against France, pretty one of the dominant basketball teams. Yeah, I think this is becoming Josh Giddy's team now because obviously Paddy Mills, is, uh, Paddy Mills is 34 and he's slowly, you know, ageing out, but still very prominent. Um, also here, AFLW players will not receive the same prize money as men's players in the 2023 season, despite the league committing the same amount for men's and women's competitions. The AFL announced uh, on the eve of the AFLW season that the players' prize money for the women's players would almost be double to match the men's total 
the AFLW season seven player prize money was six hundred twenty-three thousand, but the figure will almost double to one point one million. Sp- split across the top eight teams this season. Uh, in the men's competition, the money is split across players in the top four teams. So pretty interesting. I think it's uh, a positive move for now. I know you can't go fully full fledged. Um, and I think the argument is, at the moment, it's still still got years to growth, and I think it will get there eventually, but uh, I think there's just going to be a few more eyeballs mm. and attendees at the game because I think, well, in any business, you can't be funding a business that's not making that much money. Mm. More I, sellouts required. Yeah. I reckon give it five to ten years and you'll be seeing a full... Ah, uh, twenty-two round fixture show for AFLW. So. Yep. Well, it's the timing, isn't it? So mm-hmm. it starts in September. Should it start at the same time of the AFL? This is this is the debate, uh, and I think they've wanted to get away because a lot of the games during the summer, even though it was there a separate period, it was, uh, they were playing some games in thirty degrees and and things like that, and they wanted to avoid that. So I, th- but I think. <sighs> I think that's the discussion that has to be had. Will this, can this game be simultaneous with the AFL or not? I, I think you, you've either got to start with them or not start with them because I think starting during the cusp of the finals is probably not the greatest time to be, uh, I think, people invested in finals. I don't know. People could disagree with me and say, no, this brings a hype up more. I'll, I'll, you know, go to the AFLW round during the buy round or something like that. Mm. I'm sure there's counter arguments, but... Uh, it's one of those things they're going to have to sort out because how many play, how many rounds will there be? Because there's uh, ten rounds, it's believed. Ten so. rounds with eighteen teams. Yeah. Um, eighteen or nineteen? Teams. I can't remember. How eighteen. Many, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think we're going to flesh this out over the next couple of years, and I think we will get to a spot where it will be bigger and uh, and better for the competition. But uh, I think right now we don't know where that is. Mm. Is a question as to why it's not being considered uh, being broadcasted at the same time of the AFL season because there are concerns for clashes within, like, say, the VFL equivalent of VFLW, Sandville and Waffle? Yeah, well, I'd, yeah, Men's I mean, that women's. could be too. Um, that could be too because, yeah, I'd, I mean, I initially had the... I think they were a lot were opposed to playing all games as a double header and having them as a separate competition because they wanted to be separate, not just, you know, uh, you know, a pre-game kind of thing, uh, which is fair like enough. A, like but the concert bill where you have your openers and then your headliner kind of yeah. ordering. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be something that they'll have to figure out. But um, at, at least maybe now they're starting so they can get less games over the summer. But maybe they, could they even start earlier? Could they start early February uh, and then finish, finish before the like men's final start. Yeah. Oh, you mean like a full 22-round season? Well, actually, maybe, <laughs> now that I think about that, yeah. maybe that's not there yet. Mm. Interesting. Oh, well, we'll see. Um, but we're excited for the AFLW, which is going to start very shortly. They had some practice games over the weekends. Um, the last story here f- from the footy, the VFL finals is all locked away. So the final home and away uh, round finished th- this weekend with the Gold Coast Suns finishing on well on top by percentage, actually. 64 points tied with Werribee in second, Box Hill third, Brisbane Lions fourth, Williamstown fifth, Footscray sixth. Um, and then in the, um, well, the play-in games, which is the new feature. Oh, um, so seventh, Casey Demons, eighth, Collingwood, Richmond ninth, and scraping in, Jerry, 
uh, North Melbourne hey. playing finals. <laughs> Something to look forward to. <laughs> Which has uh, actually bumped Carlton out by percentage. Yay. <laughs> so there's a win for you. Um, and so the two games that are coming up this weekend uh, will be two of the playing games. Wild card round, as they're calling it. So the first game will be on Sunday, uh, the 27th of August, 2.45 at Casey Fields. Casey Demons taking on North Melbourne. Oh, I won't be there, unfortunately. And then Sunday as well, 12 p.m., uh, Swinburne Centre, uh, Collingwood taking on Richmond in the wildcard round. So interesting concept to see. I'll be keeping my eyes out for that as well this weekend. Uh, last couple of stories before we go to our break. Yeah, well, the Spanish um, scorer or match winner and captain um, learns that her father died a few days before, but they kept it a secret until after the match to, you know, let her focus on the final. So Carmona only found out after they lifted the trophy. So it's very sad to see and condolences to her family. Yeah, that's, that's very sad. We will be breaking down the Women's World Cup final with Spain and England next. Is that it from you? Uh, oh, one more. Coco right. Goff, 19-year-old, <laughs> wins Cincinnati Masters 1,000. Biggest title of her career, defeats Mukova in straight sets. Fifth title, world number five. She's one of my tips to win her first Grand Slam title at the US Open. All right. Exciting. Big show on the sports desk this Monday. Uh, make sure you stay around. We've got AFL to talk about. And the FIFA Women's World Cup all next on the sports desk on Sin. Holy, holy, true lovers on the sports desk on your Monday evening. It's time to talk about the round ball game and the women's World Cup final. And so it ended last night in Sydney uh, at the, what do they call it? Stadium Stadium Australia, Australia, the non-sponsored name. Mm. Um, And uh, massive, massive final was preemptively. I think most of us, well, maybe, um, I think a lot of people was expecting England to keep keep that amazing run going. But unfortunately for them, they went down to Spain 1-0. Um, an exciting game, very end-to-end. It was real. I love the passion and the aggression around the ball. Uh, it was very a phys- very physical game, uh, including a couple funny moments when uh, is, is her name Hemp Lauren Hemp, the yeah, English think, keeper. Yes. Yeah. She. Oh, yes. <laughs> they zoomed in, and after she saved the penalty, one of the penalties um, in the game. Uh, she's literally just swore at them and it's clear as day what she said. It's oh, hilarious. Um, <laughs> we won't repeat that. No, we won't. Um, Family friendly. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, what do you think of the game? Well, it was a lot of tiki-taka early on from Spain. They yep. love playing that football and it showed. 60% possession to 28 with England. And then when um, the captain car... Just beautiful ball. but Just beautiful. Like I think I said earlier a couple oh, of weeks ago. It was electric. Out of all the teams that I seen, it was it was clean crosses and just nice, beautiful bits of play that you'd expect that just to see. Flowed, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Obviously, Carmonia scoring scoring that goal, twenty ninth minute. Like she just slotted it perfectly. Like it was. It a, was perfect hit on the ball too. Yeah. It wasn't overshot. It wasn't under under. It was just the perfect amount of yeah. hit that just rolled in. It was beautiful. And when you ever see goals bottom corner, usually you see them yeah. like top bins or whatever. But yeah. obviously, like yeah. a, amazing speed. You know, like balls that are rockets. Like they're good. But when you see ones that are just not going too fast, but yeah. they're just like weaving precision. in. They weave that is in exactly gracefully, gracefully. Yes. and yeah. beautiful. And the perfect gap between glove and post as well. It was really, and spot on. 
bang on. It was incredible. Um, so, yeah, Spain, they were singing, uh, they were playing in the background. La Bamba was singing that, oh, yeah. <laughs> enjoying and that. And so I'm, well. I'm sure many Australians were just had a, a slight smirk on their face. They're pretty happy with that, that England didn't yeah. get that Sucked done. Sucked in palms. <laughs> <laughs> but they... Um, no, I, I think they put up a good effort, but, uh, well, Spain were just the better team on the day because you could see, I, I think England just couldn't couldn't get their game going. Uh, there was a few crucial chances by England uh, that they missed. Uh, I would have liked to have seen an England late equaliser and maybe gone to extra time. Yeah. would have made things a bit more exciting. Um, it was also but, a game uh, laid out with a bunch of injuries as well. A lot of injury stoppage, Sam. Yes, uh, mm. definitely. As we've seen, thirteen, oh, thirteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was like was... someone call Anthony Hudson. He needs to... <laughs> <laughs> thirteen. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, exciting to see in the first ever World Cup final in Australia, which is a really significant moment. Like mm. um, I was just flicking around later in the evening. And just watching the BBC coverage of it, um, and just, just, just taking it back a bit, at, like the whole world was watching watching that happening in our backyard, which was pretty cool because yeah, it, stuff like that never happens. We're always getting up during the middle of the night, so uh, for once, yeah. well, to be honest, it wasn't too bad for him. It was lunchtime, so <laughs> yeah, even Spain it was lunchtime as well. So they get so. to see their team lose over yep. a some team crumpets. That's exciting. Um, uh, we're making the joke that. Um, Spanish, they uh, delayed their siesta, siesta, yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> uh, so congratulations to Spain. Uh, good presentation too. That was oh. um, interesting. It was <laughs> quite controversial. Was, here we go. <laughs> we won't talk Yeah, we won't it. go into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll save that for Represent, the news show here on yeah, CNN. Represent, yeah, Brady would probably talk about that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, um, it's good overall. And, and, I mean, overall thoughts of the World Cup in Australia for the first one? Oh, it was amazing. It united all of us together, like three of us from the sports desk. Um, we all remember that Denmark game. We'll never forget that moment yep. when Caitlin Ford and Mary Fowler did that incredible Yeah, and, of course, the France penalties. I, I yeah. think it's going to be a significant moment that we're going to look back on forever and uh, excited for the next football tournament. And it, I think it really gives... Gives Australia some good recognition for yes, we can yeah. held football. And just, just imagine we broke the attendance record, mm. and we didn't even use the biggest stadiums we had available. Mm. Yeah, imagine if we used the MCG yeah. for example. Ne- okay, next yeah. time FIFA, if you're listening, we've got to have the final at the MCG. Come on, FIFA. Now. There are reports going about that FIFA have been very impressed by how Australia have uh, yeah. hosted this <laughs> so World they Cup. Should be. So. Yeah, so, so it should be, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think we did a good job. Uh, and, of course, so did the Matildas. And uh, although we didn't get bronze, a bit disappointing. Uh, I think Sweden were always going to be a tough challenge. We lost 2-0 uh, to them in the end. How did you see that game? Uh, I think we were a bit bruised and battered. Uh, I think it's it's hard to get up for one of those games um, after losing. And um, poor... No, Alana Kennedy. I think again, defensive stuff. That just cost us a lot of issues, especially yep. with their tallest strikers, Sweden. Surely that wasn't a penalty. I mean, that was just an accident, a clip of the back of the heel. But you got to pay those nowadays. Yeah. Really? Nineties football. Because like, it's a foul. Yeah. It's a foul. If it's it would have been a foul in any other part of the pitch, and if you don't call it a foul where it is in the box, then you're not wow. doing your job as a referee. Unfortunately, it's just you've just got to be careful, and and sometimes there are unfortunate accidents like that. Your favourite, Sam Rolf, who scored. <laughs> I know, I come back to bite me. She really come back to bite me in the end. Um, Did it for you. <laughs> 
So, yeah, no, and, and congratulations again to the Matildas. They had a party on Sunday in yeah, Brisbane. Um, what was the name of the singer? Surprise them. Yes. Now, I'll, I'll quickly play a bit of the song. because Webster, yeah. It's been, it's been a, a long favourite. So generally a few players were actually pretty shocked with it. I think my mum listens to that song. <laughs> <laughs> I, to be honest, hadn't heard the song in a long time. I didn't know she still sung it. She apparently is a dance teacher now. So this is for the Matildas. Need to get to the chorus. Okay, <laughs> we're not going to get to the chorus. But I've just realised too, I think that's the backup CD song for Sin. So oh, really? yes, we're on air. It's not backup CD if your ears pricked up. <laughs> A uh, bit of inside knowledge there. But, uh, you know, well done to the Matildas and the uh, World Cup was amazing. Um, so congratulations again to Spain. But we move over to uh, more football and the Premier League. Oh, no, it's back to waking up in the middle of the night to catch yes. the round ball oh, Yes, it is. Match day two. Um, Went over the weekend and massive news. We'll start off with Ange Postacoglu in his first home match in front of 65,000 at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Defeated Man United 2-0. Congratulations, Ange. That's a great start. Oh, well, it was great to see, actually, because um, if I'm being honest, Man United played really well in that first half. Like, they had clear-cut chances. Rashford missing a few um, easy shots. Even Bruno with that open header. And then the fact that um, Tottenham, whatever Ange said in the um, in the rooms, obviously lined them up in the second half to win two 0 So their counter attack was really good. Yeah, some of the results here over the weekend. Uh, well, first of all, we'll go through Luton Town and Burnley have been postponed, so that match didn't get played. Oh. Uh, I think they're still their stadium. Uh, is not at capa- um, media capacity oh, to bit, hold a game. Yeah, a bit yeah. I mean, they've had some time to work that out, haven't <laughs> yeah. they? But, uh, Just at a pub, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's, it's, if you've not seen it and you don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> Luton Town have done the craziest thing and got to the Premier League. Uh, but you have to walk through an old house. Like, it's backed onto houses, yeah, backyards and stuff. Interesting. It's very, very interesting. So hopefully they sort that out, Luton. Uh, but Nottingham Forest started off the weekend with a 2-1 win over Sheffield United. Liverpool came back uh, well, well, came back from 1-0 down to win 3-0 over Bournemouth. Uh, red card in that game went to uh, McAllister um, late in the game, I'm pretty sure. Um, so they get the job done there, Liverpool. Um, Wolves went down to Brighton 4-1. Massive, great, fantastic performance from Brighton. Uh, Brentford defeated Fulham 3-0. Uh, Man City defeated Newcastle 1-0. Julian Alvarez, good to see him oh, doing well. Must be happy, mate. Yes, good start because yeah, Newcastle going to yeah. be a big challenge this season, I think. Aston Villa last night, very impressed with a 4-0 mm. win over Everton. They look really good. Uh, West Ham defeated Chelsea overnight 3-1 with a red card. So that was not a shock great. for me. Um, just quickly on that, Caicedo... Um, obviously conceding that penalty, he they spent a hundred mil on him, and also Enzo missing the penalty as well. So two signings have, mm. you know, probably cost Chelsea a winnable game there. Antonio from West Ham, he is a bull. He his goal was amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I hopefully you can see West Ham going back up the uh, table this year because disappointing to drop as far as they did last year. They've mm. got a lot of potential, I think. Um, and then there's one more game to play for this match day. Uh, 
Crystal Palace will be versus Arsenal tomorrow at 5am. Uh, and it's early days, but we'll look at the table. Um, and Brighton are on top with six points. Man City second, Brentford third, Liverpool fourth, and just Tottenham into fifth. Yeah, I don't want to be negative, but I'm just not sure how where the goals are going to come from for Tottenham. Yes, they did beat Man United, but... Ben Davies even scored a goal, the left yeah, back. So true. they were very jammy goals. And with Kane gone, Son will have to really lift the load. But I think... Which he has, though. There's yes. always room for that. I think they can get... still The window's still open to get some more strikers. I know they're going to have to fill, fill Harry's Kane's boots, uh, quite literally. Um, uh, and uh, I think I think from what I heard from a lot of Tottenham fans over the weekend that... Uh, it was an attacking game ball. For, for once, they were playing an attacking style of football was a positive. And sometimes it doesn't matter who scores them. If they're in the back of the net and you win, that's you win. all that matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think City do a lot of that. We always have – all of our players are attacking, even though if they're backmen or not. So mm. uh, positive. So that's the Premier League. When we come back, though, round 23, the breakdown. Oh, it was a better round 23 than last year. <laughs> so we'll talk about that all next on the Sports Desk. Your Monday evening on Sin. And it's muted. Here we go again. <laughs> Phoenix 1901 on the sports desk on your Monday evening. And it's time to review the AFL and round 23. And it kicked off on Friday night, of course. Um, and two of us are happy in here with our tips, and two are not. Actually, I haven't even checked my total tip number for the round. I'll have to do that in a minute. Uh, but it was a glorious win for the Brisbane Lions uh, by 24 points at Marvel Stadium. Uh, 15-10-100, Collingwood to 19-10-124. Uh, massive win for uh, the Brisbane Lions away from home. Charlie Cameron kicked four goals. Uh, Jamie Allen kicked three goals, one. Joe Danaher, three goals. Eric Hipwood, three goals. Uh, so plenty of scoreline. And then disposals-wise, uh, Tom Mitchell and Pendlebury leading the disposals for the game on 31. Lockie Neal with 31 as well. Josh Dacos, 26. How do we feel about that one? Just well, a fun Friday night. <laughs> well, Brisbane scored 82 points from turnover, which is huge. Fourth biggest of the season from any team. So... The Lions' pressure was on from the start and their forward line was way too strong for the weekend. Collingwood's defence, Nathan Murphy uh, went off the ground for a bit and then Tom Mitchell tried to give some attention to Lockie Neal at the start, but Lockie Neal was too good. So when Lockie Neal plays well, he normally wins a game for them and that's what happened. Yeah, I thought it was all Lockie Neal in that midfield winning contested ball. I mean... Danaher was hard to stop. Like, I remember he grabbed the ball out of a stoppage and snapped it home. So it just shows um, Brisbane are a threat. And I'm, I do apologise. I underestimated them before Friday. So watch out. What did you say? Sorry? I said watch out because I <laughs> underestimated the lines. Oh, okay. They'll get a top two spot and then they'll make the qualifying final at the Gabba. They could potentially. There's still a chance. I know you ruled me out last week, Jason. But uh, if Essendon beat Collingwood, the Lions can finish top if they win this weekend. But it'd be a very mm. slim chance. Keep dreaming, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've already messaged my Collingwood friends saying congrats on your 100-point win next week. <laughs> to, which they, okay. to which they weirdly replied to me saying, you always turn up for us. 
keep dreaming. Next game, Sam. Yep. Richmond v North Melbourne played on Saturday. 29 points to the Tigers uh, with an emotional farewell at the end for Jack Revolt and Trent Cotchen. And Jack um, Siebel. And Jack Siebel, of course. Uh, six goals won for Nick Larky, Jerry. Yeah, I, actually, I want to slam North Melbourne. Oh. Um, yeah, so Larky did kick six, but we only kicked 10 goals that game, and who, who else kicked the other goals? Like, It's true. Yeah, Larky has kicked 62 goals this year. In a Taron two, Thomas kicked two. Two-game winning side. That's the AFL record, actually. Um, North's kicked 223 goals this year. So Larky's effectively kicked 28% of all of North Melbourne's goals. This is disgraceful. That's what's costing us fourth quarters. Like, you can't solely rely on Nick Larky when he's getting triple teamed. Other people need to contribute yes. next season. Yep. So I want to see more players contributing in the goals. Okay. And disposals-wise, Harry Sheasel, 37. Yeah, well, lock oh, in the rising good. star, Jerry. Yeah, surely. Oh, Owens. Don't oh, forget on, about Mitch Owens. Surely Sheezel's won it now. <laughs> it's not about the wins yet. It's about yeah. the it's about, yes. yeah. Especially rising star and that kind of thing. When, when it comes to All-Australian, they probably look more towards wins and that kind of thing. Unfortunately, when they probably shouldn't, but uh, that's just the way it goes. So Richmond, um, oh, well, they had to get up and about for their two retirees, I think. Uh, it's always going to be a slog. Uh, we move on to the next game at uh, up at Heritage Bank Stadium. It was a scary end, Jerry, but uh, the Blues got the Chockeys in the end. Four points, 13-9-87 to 13-13-91. And, wow, if we can talk about this man and our... He we just gets who. better and better. Uh, and even it made me think about back a couple of years ago when he was injury-strict um, and he couldn't really get his game going at all. Mm. I think we expected he was going to be good, but I don't think anyone expected he was going to be this good. Um, five goals won and a game-saving mark. He was oh, just getting incredible. all around yeah. the ground in that final couple of minutes. So absolute superstars. And I cannot believe it means it is 100% locked in. The Blues will be playing finals for the first time in 10 bloody years. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. How old were you 10 years ago, sir? 15. Oh, jeez. Uh, I would have been... Eight years old. (laughs) I didn't go to the final against Richmond that year. So the last final I went to was in 2011 that the Blues played. Jeez, you would have been 13. 13. So interesting one there. So well done to the Blues. One more game to go for a 10-game winning streak leading into the finals. What about the next Can game? Can you believe it? What a wild ride. And, yes, it is it is contentious, that game. We'll get to that. Uh, Motlop as well, two goals, two. Um, Nick Newman, 31. He is just continuing to be a massive um, part of the game. Zach Fisher, 28 for him. Uh, so just impressive all around from the Can I just say Blues. Nick Newman's had a better back end than Sam Doherty, I reckon? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. No chickens? No, no I don't know. Uh, he actually I'm... plays on someone, so, yeah. yeah. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we've still got players to come back, reminder. So oh, The Blues right. got. That's enough, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Giants. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Giants v Essendon. <laughs> wow. Uh, now, Jason wanted the, uh, he was mentioning the double barrel shotgun. He wanted to just oh. ended it there and... Uh, we were joking in the sports desk chat that it could have been a nuclear weapon. 25-12, <laughs> well, I mean, 162. Well, 
CM Punk drops pipe bombs, MJF drops nukes, GWS engage in napalm death, don't they? <laughs> oh, wow. To 5, 6, 36, 25, got 126 points. That is GWS's biggest win in their history. Um, oh, jeez. And uh, really helped their fire of finals chances, but uh, equally have uh, upset the percentage of Essendon. Uh, so their chances are not, well, they're mathematically there, but it's just not going to happen. Uh, Hogan, nine goals, one. <laughs> Big boy. Tom Green, 39, with a goal in hand as well. Um, what do we think? It's really, I, I, I don't want to say I feel sorry for Essendon fans, but uh, well, it's not a great way to end the season. I don't feel sorry for them at all. <laughs> no, but I was it's enjoying just, it. <laughs> they had some ups and downs, but that's not a way you want to finish a year at all. It just shows they were never a top eight team. I, I don't care if you're chicken me here, but yeah. if you're losing by 126 points to a team who's, you know, just making the top eight, like who's similar, we've been comparing Giants to Essendon pretty much all year in terms of positioning. So, you know, Essendon are not a top eight side, and it just showed by that game. Where were their leaders when they needed to? They brought back Stringer. Where was he? Well, yeah, exactly. they subbed him on. I think he was, was the sub. Oh, yeah. And they play North Melbourne and West Coast twice. Okay, if this narrative keeps going, I might get a, a not PG, <laughs> to be honest. Wow. Okay. I was going to say, you have been very quiet. Just on Jake Stringer, I mean, he did not look fit at all. Came on he hasn't to the ground years, as a sub. You know, it's very ironic that we see him in 2021 when he's coming out of contract, play extremely well, get his body right. But once he signs the contract, where is he now, Jason? No comment. It, it was an absolute <laughs> all right, all right, buffet. Move on. Help yourself. Jesse Hogan was loving it. The last thing, the last, Jerry's gone. The last thing I want to mention, though, shout out to the GWS cheer squad for one of the funniest banners I've seen all yes, season. I did see that. What was it? It was about the finals. Yeah, no. It's, oh, no. Could someone find the photo? Last I'm time they won a final, we weren't created. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They said. <laughs> I wasn't created as well. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> oh, well. Okay. Moving on. St. Kilda. Massive win on Saturday night uh, to effectively rule Geelong out of the finals. 12-16-88-8-7-55, 33-point win. Liam, finals bound St Kilda. Yeah, I, I think a couple of weeks ago after the Carlton loss, I think I said we were done. Obviously not. The Saints were great. Marshall and King led the charge, and the Cats allowed the Saints to have 150 marks across the whole game. Yeah, that's terrible. 20 marks inside 50. So the Saints are the, uh, I think they're the most, mar- oh no, number one marking team in the competition. So whatever the, the Cats did midweek in scouting, they just did not They've at all. really fallen away. It looked for a little bit that they might have had a late charge, but uh, it's not a great couple of weeks for Geelong. Um, definitely will fall in the it, way. It, 33 points the win was. It could have been 10 goals. Yep. The Saints were very inaccurate in front of goal. And, yeah, the Cats, they're done. I called this. Geelong and Richmond not to make the finals. So this well is done. official now. Oh. Well done. Yeah. We'll, we'll go through that. Um, we'll Later have a next week. Next week, next Friday, we'll have a roundtable of our, some of our predictions pre-season to see what, <laughs> what we got right and what we got wrong. Um, 38 disposals for Sinclair, Liam. Surely massive. all Australian. Yeah, unbelievable. Two in a row for him. All right, the other Saturday night game, uh, controversial finish <laughs> at the Adelaide Oval. Sydney Swans by one point, uh, 10, 13, 73. The Crows to 11, 8, 74. 
Um, and before I get into any parts of the other the, the game, we just have to start off with the top. Um, just terrible for Adelaide fans the way it ended. Mm. Uh, couldn't overturn the decision because there was still a minute to go on the clock, but an amazing comeback for him in the, in the last quarter after being, I don't know how many goals down. 44 points, I believe. Wow. At one stage. Jeez. Um, and the, the goal umpires made a crucial decision wrong. Um, and then the systems aren't really in, in place properly, uh, which is a broader discussion. Uh, I think the one of the angles was very clearly that it just there was daylight between the post and the ball. Um, so it was something that the goal umpire really got wrong. Uh, I don't know if he was looking more at the post shaking because there were some Sydney Swans slapping the um, uh, the, the post, the post mm-hmm. as they went past it, and I don't know if that was the reason for him to decision. But uh, the I and, and I've got this wrong. I thought the AFL check every goal, but they don't. If it's a point, they don't check it. They only check goals, which is a fatal flaw in this system that's not up to scratch, <laughs> that they don't want to spend money on to upgrade it. Uh, I think if you want to be com- with the top leagues in the world uh, and their amazing video, uh, you know, VAR systems in the Premier League, Although they're contentious, at least their technology at is... At least it's actual, like, yeah, yeah it's official. Because going back to that North Sydney game, they stopped the play for to check if it was the interchange, um, like, it was maxed out, which it was. And fuss, it was a free kick after, and um, the umpire had the earpiece, and it was going yep. for about five minutes delayed. Even now they're saying that... Um, for five minute delay for rechecking each goal, or whatever, or even one or two minutes is too well, long, which is well, just disgraceful. If get, that's employ more people to do that yeah. because all these goals and score attempts, all score attempts yeah. should be checked. Like, um, I'd work in the arc right now if. I'm to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, no, extremely disappointing, and it's it's became really costly for Adelaide, um, and it's be hurting if you're an Adelaide fan because uh, it's meant that they will now miss out on finals. Um, because of this decision, mm. um, I mean, we we don't know. There was still a minute. Another goal could have been in it, but uh, uh, it's a shame. It was a real shame for, for them and I think the AFL. And then the poor goal umpire has been stepped down. Yes, he made a really bad mistake, but I think that should not all come on him. It is the AFL system that is broken, mm. not him. Because yeah. that could have been picked up straight away, looked at the other angles and then, you know, Anyway, but, uh, yeah, that's where that finished. But uh, um, Sydney held on um, in, a, in a thriller. Yeah, uh, they've made sun- finals. Sunday. Uh, wow, Sunday. Super Sunday. Seven-point win to the West Coast Eagles. 12-13-85, the Dogs to 14-8-92, the Eagles. It just gets worse for the Dogs. Wow, what do we say from here? Oh, I reckon it was the older Eagles that uh, wound back for the clock. You had Tim Kelly, obviously gun recruit, 32 touches there. Duggan with 25 as well. Gaff, 23. And then goals-wise, Jamie Cripps. So obviously St Kilda didn't want him. Ross Lyon didn't want him. But he goes and kicks five goals, 17 touches. He's 31 years old. I think out of contract end of his season. And he's doing that against, you know, some formidable defenders in the yeah, Dogs lineup. they played a really good game, the Eagles. Really entertaining game. Probably the best game from them all year. Um, and then that's an unchicken for myself. I did say that <laughs> maybe the Eagles might cause some headaches. for some 100 points, did <laughs> Well, no, no, early <laughs> in the season. Maybe I, I say quarter yeah. margin as a joke. Oh, but yeah. 
and a double uh, confirmation to Sam said he, he was talking about on this show for quite a while now that the Western Bulldogs sometimes will drop a gettable one and they'll make it hard for themselves. They've just yep. done that now. They're still in contention, but it Makes could have been it, way easier. Yep, they need a few results to go their way, Bulldogs That's now. Happened, if, happened last and year then as they've well. got to beat Geelong next week. Yes, uh, they need Carlton to win now rather than lose, <laughs> as they did last year. So, um, but I, I think if you're if you're losing back to back Hawthorne and Eagles. Probably you shouldn't be in be finals. finals yeah. No. Yeah, I'm not sure why they didn't tag Tim Kelly. Even after quarter time, they didn't go near him, mm. allowed him to do what he wanted. And then, uh, obviously, the experienced players, as you said, Jerry, Yo, McGovern, they were fantastic, back to their best. Mm. Really disappointing. And the other thing disappointing was some of the fans abusing the players as they're coming off. Uh, again, we spoke about that earlier this year with Carlton. Uh, fans doing that over the fence, uh, the players coming off. It's just—it's an ugly sight. Yeah, uh, the players good. are hurting. They know what <laughs> what's going on. Um, but look so. at them now. Yeah. Well, well, I'm not saying it worked, but <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Melbourne secured top four on Sunday with a win over the Hawks, 27 points, 39-87 to nine six sixty. 30 disposals for James Whirlpool, uh, Rivers 27. Uh, Goals-wise, why are you laughing? Have I made a crucial mistake Warple. here? Whirlpool, sorry. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> Melksham, <laughs> three goals, four. Van Ruin, three goals. Um, impressive from the Ds? Yeah, well, Jacob Van Ruin has been stepping up for the last few weeks. Obviously, they're lacking a few tall forwards at the moment. They need someone to be stepping up come finals time with Fridge still out. So if Van Ruin can string together a few good games, um, they could be, you know, his number one target. And the final game of the round, it was Fremantle going down to Port Adelaide wearing their retro jumper that I, God, it was horrible. <laughs> Uh, I, I like the didn't anchor like in those it? colours, but I, I think right. that Same variation, and that's um, I didn't like. Love the anchor. The anchor is yeah. very good. Yeah, yeah they Besides need the anchor. Yeah, yeah. The, it was the colours. Anyway, <laughs> Ray Shaw, thirty-two disposals. Henry, thirty-one. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> hard watching more than that than the game. Yeah, yeah. is that <laughs> the most interesting part of the game? The, the Guernsey. It was, um, it was a good performance yeah. by Port. Yes, yeah. Um, Port were the yes dominant team. They need to have a nice win for them, although 16 points, probably not great margin for them. Probably just waiting for the finals to begin. And they're keeping it trucking along. It's really good for them. Trucking along, exactly. Uh, Hope they go deep. Uh, the ladder here, and Jerry, can you bring up uh, some of the injuries and stuff going to the tribunal this week? As we look at Collingwood on top, 68 points. Brisbane in second, 64, with Port Adelaide in third. Melbourne rounding out the top four. Behind that, Carlton fifth, St Kilda sixth. Sydney Swans seventh, and GWS moving to the top eight. Uh, Western Bulldogs ninth, Essendon tenth, Geelong 11th, Richmond 12th, Adelaide 13th. 14th, Fremantle, Gold Coast Suns behind then. Hawthorne, 16th, 17th. The West Coast Eagles come up. And North Melbourne, 18th in spot four. Harley Reid. Yeah. Um, another midfielder. I don't know if it's good for us, but we'll see how we go. Still can potentially swap, though, if you beat the Gold Coast next week. Yeah, so true. it's not over <laughs> yet in that department. It's not um, even bad. It'll be beneficial. Anyway. And so we can effectually, effectively rule out Geelong, Richmond uh, and Adelaide now from the finals and Essendon. So Western Bulldogs is the only remaining piece of the puzzle, which is kind of disappointing. There are a few more um, 
things that we were going to be excited for the last round, but it's pretty much only two games this round that will mean any late drama uh, for the finals. Okay, injuries and tribunals. Yeah, well, we'll start with the Collingwood-Brisbane game. Had a few. So Ryan, in his debut, had a concussion, subbed out very early on. Murphy with a back injury. That's an issue with Collingwood's back on again. Archie um, obviously got tunnelled, so he's probably gone for next week. McCarthy, a calf. Um, O'Meara as well with a calf. Luke McDonald, probably done for the year. Hammy. Ross as well. Asava, Radagilia and close with a hammy as well. Rory Sloan injured his eye during that game, so that was interesting. Um, Yo, thigh injury. Newcomb, hamstring as well. Um, a few for Port. Jonas has a head injury, so he might miss next week. Ryan Burden with a knee injury as well. And a few suspensions. Um, Mitch Duncan will miss next week with a one-match suspension over his rough conduct on Jack Higgins. Ollie Henry uh, is fined $3,000 for his hit on Liam Stocker. Uh, Tom Atkins as well for kicking Jimmy Webster. So another $3,000 fine. And to wrap up tribunal, Tom McCartan from Sydney will miss two matches after rough conduct on Shane McAdam with a huge bump. So that's huge for Sydney's defence. So they could be missing one of their key backmen. Round, Round 23 done. One more round to go in the AFL season of 23 home and away season. Um, uh, happy to note that last year, um, flashbacks to last year were horrible. It popped up on my phone memories today, some of the photos from that game, but at least this year, uh, a happier note. Uh, but one more round to go. All right, it's time to end with a quiz. And now the sports capital becomes the quiz capital. It's the Sports Desk, Minute Mondays. It was really fun covering the World Cup on the sports desk. I don't watch too much round ball, so it was an exciting listening to the coverage. We've reviewed it in depth. Let's review it in quiz form. What do you say, gents? Let's go. Let's go. Okay, we're going to put 60 seconds on the clock. Sam, Liam and Jerry are going to buzz in with their names and they're going to provide me with Jerry, the answer. Liam. Test them. They've already tested them. <laughs> Check. Play along at home. Sports desk sin. World Cup champion Spain lost a group stage game 4-0 to who? Uh, Sam. Sam. Japan. Correct. Name one team from Group A. Sam. Sam. Uh, Australia? Incorrect. Oh, no. Name one team from Group H. <laughs> Jerry. Jerry? Norway? Incorrect. In the round of 16, how many games were decided by penalty shootout? Jerry. Sam. Jerry? Two. Correct. What was the final score of the round sixteen round of 16 match between Japan and Norway? Jerry. Jerry? 1-0. 3-1. Excluding the Austra- Australia versus France, the final score for every other quarterfinal was what? Sam. Sam. One nil. Two one. What was the first goal? Who was the first goal scorer for the Matildas? Jerry. Jerry. Sam Kerr. Stephanie Catley. Only two groups have no matches ending in a draw. Name one. Jerry. Jerry. England. Group C or D were the (laughs) acceptable answers. In the Matildas win over Denmark, who scored the first goal? Jerry. Caitlin Ford. Come on. Two one nil. Jerry. That's a win. Uh, na- group A was Switzerland, Norway, New Zealand, Philippines. Group H, Colombia, Morocco, Germany, South Korea. There you go. And uh, Sweden v USA, England, Nigeria were the two games in the round 16 that ended in penalty shootout. That, listeners, was the Sports Desk. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back on Friday. Um, more Sports Desk then. 5pm. See you then. Catch up to social media. Sports Desk's in. We'll see you then.